Dear Shooter, The crew is back from Ballistic Summit, and it would seem the world is once again on fire. A lot has happened the last few days, so buckle up for some Are You Freaking Kidding Me Right Now? Of course I'm happy. I'm just checking because I'm like getting the stink eye here. Go do your thing, but get good at your craft first and put your budget to things that really matter at the end of the day. You want to get good at it. And make no mistake about it, that's training. Let's face it, if you have a size 62 waist, you are not as tactical as 5'11 might think you are. <laughs> and we've all seen it. <laughs> Welcome to the Deer Shooter Podcast. I am your host, Jason Crotto. Deer Shooter is brought to you by WyoTac, Empowerment Through Self-Reliance, and Lucid Optics, on target, under budget. Well, God, we leave for the weekend, and I swear it's like we left the teenagers at home and they had a party. It seems that way. Um, the 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 world's on fire, and here we were just having a good time, setting some records and having some fun, and and seeing some really cool products come out. We're getting accused of roasting marshmallows by watching the world burn. It's mm, kind of my plan, anyway. <laughs> so. Uh, we're back. Uh, we got back. Um, we're recording on Monday for Thursday, but we got back last night um, from Ballistic Summit after we did some pretty incredible things and and saw some really cool new products that are coming to the market. We got to witness some pretty cool shit, and I made a couple really good friends out of the deal. I, I'm kind of happy with the way this thing turned out. No, I witnessed cool shit. I witnessed Paul. Paul, what the hell? I mean, you've all seen the the movie where Paul's the alien, right? Yes, we've yes, I, I, okay. I love that movie. Yeah, this guy, he walks onto the range and acts as if he has no idea what's going on. Oh, he I I, I called him Mister Magoo. Barely knows which end of the firearms dangerous until it's go time, and then he's a damn rock star. He wins the precision rifle challenge. And the three gun challenge. Yeah, he uh he, he got sent over by Kevin Crichton, um, who we have renamed now as editor of Sandbag Illustrated, um, instead of shooting illustrated. But and, and yeah, he would walk onto the range and be all confused about things and then you put a gun in his hand and holy crap. Now uh, it, he's a city boy. <laughs> and and we found this out as we were leaving the range. He stopped, pulled over to the side of the road, hit his, hit his hazards, and we couldn't figure out what was going on. So Brandy and I pulled up to him, rolled down our window, and are you, are you okay? And he goes, I, I actually ran over a snake. I, I'm not going to go to jail, am I? Do I need to call somebody? He was genuinely worried about it. I mean, I gave him a little bit of crap about it, and he, he had to ask some questions. He thought he might have done something really, really bad. Well, he's never seen a rattlesnake in the wild before, so... And he admitted all that, but it just the, the way that he reacted to running over a snake um, was just profoundly naive. Well, I think you, you, uh, you know, reminded him that you would have backed up, run over him again. At a skid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the brakes. <laughs> there are rules to this game. <laughs> Good dude, though, and and I hope uh, you know as as an emergent gun writer for Shooting Illustrated, I think he's still doing a freelance thing. But uh, I, I hope he walked away with some really good content that none of his competitors are going to have. He's got some exclusive stuff. Well, so we're after dinner, hanging out in front of the pod, and I asked him, "So how did you get into writing for Shooting Illustrated?" and he was a guy that would ask a bunch of questions on Kevin's blogs and stuff that Kevin has written, right? And I don't know how it happened, but he says, I met Kevin in the Home Depot parking lot, and he hired me to write for him. And I looked at him, and I, and I was I just bewildered at this statement because I know Kevin, and I don't see him hiring people to the Home Depot well, parking lot. Well, you don't lot, hire though. people in the parking lot. You buy tamales in the no, parking no. lot. It's funnier yet because then Paul goes, what makes it funny is I'm Mexican. 
<laughs> oh. And I was like, oh, Paul. He goes, I know that was a racist thing to say, but I'm that race, so it's okay. I got, okay. All right. Got do Protected class. You can do what you want, right? Uh, and, and that's how we interacted with people the entire weekend. He had the driest sense of humor and one-liners that wouldn't stop. Oh, yeah. And, and we actually, we had him. So a, a little preview of coming attractions. We, we did about seven hours of, of interviews and, and podcasts while we were at the summit. And, and in the coming weeks, you guys are going to hear a lot of that. Which is kind of bad because at one point, all of the hosts had walked away and it was a free-for-all. <laughs> I thought, okay, I thought that I was being responsible, leaving a professional podcaster, a guy that's done it for 20 years... In charge of things. Oh, no, no, no. It came clear off the rails. And what I what he explained to me later is he goes, none of my sponsors are on your show. <laughs> yeah, so he, he felt free to be himself. Yeah. And it's a terrifying thing. Well, and, and you put Michael Bain and Tun Jones in the same room. Don't forget Rob Pincus. And Rob was there, too. Um, it, shenanigans occurred. Uh, to the point, there's there's going to probably be some disclaimers on some future episodes. There was, there was enough shenanigans that uh, Pyramid Air guy Ryan, he what, his name was Ryan, right? Tyler. Tyler. I always want to call you him Ryan. Wanted to call him I Ryan. Did. He looks since like I a introduced Ryan. him to you as Tyler. But he, I walked in and I heard part of it, and I went, "Oh my god, this is so bad!" And he looks up at me and he goes, "I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> he 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 was stretched a little bit. I have to say though, from a media art form standpoint, I think you may have stretched the limits of what podcasts can do by this free form thing you developed at Ballistic Summit. So what we can't get for actual information for the podcast, we should run a reel of everything else that happened. Oh, I, I you know, I'm, I'm seriously considering we're, we're going to be taking a couple weeks off at the end of the year. So the last two weeks we, we won't be doing new podcasts. But I think what I might do is I might throw up the two unedited versions. Now... Be forewarned, they're like three hours long, but they are endless entertainment. And I would welcome you while you're driving into work, listening to the podcast, go ahead and yell at the radio. Be part of the conversation. Oh, it, absolutely. And don't don't be drinking anything, because you... Oh, God, there's so much... <laughs> Nancy, take all the fun out of things. Well, I don't want to owe anybody a new keyboard or steering wheel or... <laughs> that danger is real it, it is but at the same time though you know part of why we started deer deer shooter was to share our culture and what better way than bringing like the culture to you um this is who this is who we are we're real people we have real adventures we we do stupid things and and it's all out there bared out for you i'm fascinated at how the minds of some of these folks work Absolutely fascinated by it because they start talking and they freeform the conversation and they can make it from renovating a house to Michael Bain hanging himself somehow. <laughs> it, it It's boggling to the mind. I think at one point he was talking about how he was able to stall a, an international flight. Yep. It, he did actually figure out how to, how to stall an international flight out of South Africa and um, in, the, in the same conversation, I think Andrew Sparks was talking about shooting with his pants down. So, uh, yeah. So this is the type of thing. It's unhinged. It's unregulated. <laughs> and I'm going to take zero responsibility for the content generated because I wasn't there that much. I, I wasn't either. Now, and well, at one point during the podcast, I mean, this got so out of hand. Um, Andrew Sparks set a Tupperware container on fire. Yeah, uh, he did do that. <laughs> Yeah. Left it on the stove. He he was sitting up against the stove and must have turned on a burner because the next thing I know, I'm like, do you guys smell that? And nobody even reacted. It was like normal. Yeah. Yeah, it, it might have got a shade western. So, okay, aside from the, you know, comedy of errors that occurred, uh, we did some really incredible things while we were there. We set, well, we, we set two world records. Uh, one day, went out the next day, and almost doubled the, the second one that we set. That is correct. I witnessed all of that. Um, the first one was one of our one of the things that we've done at Summit every year. It's It's been a tradition. We do the 1,123-yard white buffalo shoot, uh, but it's too easy with a rifle. 
So we decided we're going to do it with a 9mm pistol. And we've been trying it for five years. Mm -hmm. Uh, This year, someone finally connected. It was Rob Pincus. After after Brandy hit the post that holds the target. I'm sorry. The buffalo is the size of a Winnebago. That post is much harder to hit. I'm just going to put it out there. Show off. You did hit the hanger. I I watched that hit. (laughs) But Rob finally connected with the buffalo. Um, with the Avidity Arms, with the PD-10 that he had brought to show off at Summit. He did. I watched that shot connect on the beard of the buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually has enough energy left to take paint down. Yeah. Well, you and I both saw it, and you and I both looked at each other and went, yeah, I, I think that hit. I, I, I made everybody stop. Everybody shut up real quick because I think they understood the urgency of what I had to say. And I walked over to you and said, did you see that spot on the beard? You just nodded your head and... That's a double confirmation. That mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 20 minutes later, Tun hit the white buffalo with a three hundred eight air rifle. He did. He put uh, 12 mils on and sent it, and it connected squarely. Mm-hmm. And that was, what, third shot, I think? He... It was the third shot. Uh-huh. Um, so it, in, within the course of 30 minutes, we set two world records. Yeah, so he, he sent a 155-grain pill. 1,123 yards, connected third shot, and for an air gun, that's impressive. Well, and he confirmed it, too. He, he took, what, two or three more shots and connected every one of them. Mm-hmm. And it, he's, he's using the Air Force. It is a Air Force uh, Raw. No, I'm sorry. No, it's an Air Force Texan. I keep wanting to think it's the Raw Rosser competition gun. This is their big bore hunting rifle. This is the Texan. And it had a special barrel on it from Shaw, mm-hmm. um, kind of a, a prototype first of the industry type of deal um collaboration from a powder burner that builds barrels to a air gun manufacturer uh, the result was quite impressive mm-hmm. it and stabilized that bullet too and it didn't really tumble no and it it had enough energy when it hit that buffalo at 1100 yards it it took paint well it had a sound signature as well so mm-hmm. it hit hard yeah um which confirmed to us that we could go further out mm-hmm. so the following morning, we all got up super early to try and beat the airflow. And uh, Was it super early, or was it super early after bourbon? And we, we all left I the pods, and we drove away at 7 a.m. to get up the hill. So from almost everybody there, that was pretty early. It, it, it was pretty early, but and it had been a late night before, as always. Oh, God, it was so but, crazy. Well, not as late as, as it usually goes. I mean, most everybody was in bed 11.30 midnight. Wow. Typically, I, I mean, every other one that I've been to, there's guys still milling around at 3 in the morning. Uh, well, a couple of years back, um, David Mullison's and, and Allison, they uh, they didn't ever go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, so there there's those nights. But we we all we we got up, we convoyed up to the ELR range, and Ton I think on shot five, uh, put pellet on steel at twenty fifty one. Yep. So he was Doctor Hollow Point made these projectiles specifically for the Texan, and they're one hundred and fifty five grain three hundred eight building. Look very similar to a reloading bullet that we would put in a. 308 centerfire cartridge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um they're really well made um and then we set him up we we guessed on what the elevation would have to be to get that much further it was an educated guess we did a little bit of math but his first shot was 100 yards short right um seeing where the impact was it didn't take him very long to make an adjustment and get right to the steel i mean he hit the dirt twice right at where the carrier holds the steel before he connected actually in the paint. Now, let's be real about what happened. Um, it was a lead projectile, and it did not hit with enough force to actually take paint off. It left a lead mark, mm-hmm. um, and we took a high-power camera lens and zoomed in on it um, with some video feed. And you can see it is a it's a mark. And it had like a pencil line drawn to the six o'clock position of it. So mm-hmm. the angle of that coming it was in straight down was pretty steep. Yep. Um, the danger space on that can't be more than ten feet. 
No. At that distance. I, I'll, I mean, bet it, I'll bet it's not even that. Yeah, I mean, literally, for what was left on that on that projectile, you probably could have gone out there with a catcher's mitt and caught it. I agree. But nonetheless, to take nothing away from the shot, it was an amazing shot. It was, the yeah. environmentals cooperated. And, uh, guys, air gun is the future. And he was able to repeat that one as well. That's right. Which is one of the things that we've always said, you know, it doesn't count if it's not repeatable. Correct. Well, when it actually connected the first time, he, he'd been working on this for a better part of a year. Oh, yeah. Putting yeah. it together, trying to figure it out. And when it actually happened, that big old man, the tears welled up in his eyes, and he <laughs> had to take a break for a second because it was emotional for him. It did. I remember all the media trying to run up to him after it happened and trying to interview him. <laughs> he's like, he, he, he just goes, I, I need a minute, boys. Yeah, they were they were a little insistent on that, a little too fast. No, it was kind of funny. We had we had Brian Hunter out there, and he had his souped up six five Creedmoor, and he couldn't touch the same target. He came close, but I mean, he never did ring it. Nope, he never connected. And and I was behind him, spotting for him, kind of giving him a little bit of shit, going, you know, Tun did it with an air gun. What's wrong with you? Yeah, Mr. Pro Shooter. Well, <laughs> <laughs> in, in in the vein of having him not live down some of the shenanigans that we got him into, <laughs> I put Brian in charge of running the PRS challenge for the media because this is what he does, right? Yep. The whole reason he's at Summit is he is a pro shooter for Shaw Barrels, Accurate Mag. He shoots a Lucid Optics now, and... That's what he does. He goes and plays the the sniper match, team sniper match, the PRS matches. He's a dang good shot. Oh, he is. And he understands how the game's played and, and has done it more but, than 100 times. But does he really understand how the game is played? He does. However, he's not real good at public speaking, and he got his anxiety up quite a bit. <laughs> he developed the stage. He wrote the rules. And then when he laid it out to the riders, he told them the two ways that they could DQ themselves. And there was only two. He did it was a very simple stage. You shot on a barricade in the stair step, one position, move on an open bolt, shoot, move on an open bolt, right? And you had to connect to move, right? Or you only had two shots at each stage. However, you wanted to run it. And the first time, because he has to run it to set the score, right? Because everybody's competing against him. Mm-hmm. Well, the first time he runs it, he shoots and he shoots. And he shoots all from the same position. And he never moved. And he never moved once. <laughs> he DQ'd himself. So I put it out there to the media. I said, you guys can allow him a mulligan and let him try it over, or you all just won, and i got to go home and build five more trophies. <laughs> we had a good chuckle about it. They decided to give him a mulligan. Very gracious crowd. And he shoots, rings, moves on a closed bolt. Well, he shot twice before we, we went, hey, you have to move. Yeah. And, and then he, he moved on a on closed, closed bolt, <laughs> which that is the D- other DQ DQ'd that him again. he developed in his own rules. And you could just see him. He, his ear tips turned red, and he didn't quite know what to say. Now, he, he did say that after, after it was all over, he ran it again, and he, he redeemed himself because he ran it clean. But there's no video. Well, the problem is... He needed to do it on the clock in front of the media to show them how it was supposed to be done. They all understood it because they all ran it clean. Yep. They so, all knew how to do it because he lectured the hell out of them. He did. Like for 25 minutes on how this stage was to run and went over and over and asked questions. Do you have questions? Do you have questions? Apparently he didn't ask himself if he had questions. That that's a really good point. I'm now, gonna have to ask him that. Now Wilson from Accurate Mag, who was running the stage while he was running this, I remember the second time he said, "Does the shooter understand the course of fire? Do you really understand the course of fire before you let him go?" I'm assuming the author should understand what they wrote. Nah, we don't understand half of what we're talking about most of the time. And that's you. <laughs> no, and he will never live this one down. I've already shared this story with people in his life that weren't at Summit, and they, they were speechless. They don't even know what to say because he's usually squared away and put together. Mm-hmm. This was a total anomaly, and it was Ellison that said, yeah, he got nervous. I've seen him get flustered before, <laughs> and that's what it was. He was just stage fright. He brought that pretty girl with him, which was watching him. He did do that. He did do that. Yeah, he did. And Whitney, is she's a good-looking woman. 
She is. And he's very smitten. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Good so, for him, though, by the way. Good so, for him. Overall, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about this more because we've got, we have the, the discussions that we had at Summit. But now that it's completely over, we're back at home. 50,000-foot um, view, do you feel like this year's Summit was a success? This year's Summit was the biggest success that we've ever had. It did things for relationship building and business of folks that were there, uh, content creation that finally it does what it was designed to do. We've worked out the kinks to where the machine's working now. Now, I kind of felt nervous about it going in because the schedule was so tight, but it worked. Those cats need structure. Without it, it becomes a free-form experiment that doesn't get anything done. Yeah, well, it's turning toddlers loose with firearms. Yeah, that's normal. But (laughs) we actually had content being created day one. So if anybody out there is following the social media side of this thing, I hope you see content for the next two months, three months. Easy. At least. I mean, we, we you should see content all the way up to probably shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on a heavier note, while we were there, um, the governor of New Mexico chose to stick her foot in her mouth. Oh. And decided that under her Emergency Powers Act, she was going to tell everyone in Albuquerque that they were no longer able to carry concealed or open. Now, this is a clear overreach. The governor doesn't have that ability or power. And if you look at New Mexico's constitution, actually signed into law several years back by another governor, is that there is the ability for an individual citizen of New Mexico to be paid, and they have up to $2 million for having their constitutional rights infringed upon. So she really stepped in it. Oh, and doubled down on it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and, and I don't, you know, I, I, of course, this is in response to the shooting that took place down there. But this is just ridiculous overreach on, on such a massive scale. And... But it's a knee-jerk reaction that punishes the law-abiding citizen for the actions of a single dude. But that's typical. But it, That's typical of a politician. This knee-jerk reaction came with a constitutional overreach that should have the entire state in an uproar. I think it does. Um, now, we were there with, with Eve and Terry, uh, Eve Flavingen, um, and they're very, very involved. They're, they're natives of... New Mexico, and they are extremely involved in the gun culture and in the politics of it. That's because Eve is an actual concealed carry trainer yes. for the state of New it Mexico. It affects her directly. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely And does. from what I understand, her and, and Terry, when they were absent for a while before dinner, they were actually on the phone with the governor of New Mexico. So yeah. I wish I would have been a fly on the wall. Oh, I'm going to have to ask her how that conversation went. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I talked to her briefly about it, and she at the time, she was still a little too fired up to really talk about it rationally. That's actually impressive, because it takes a little bit to fire Eve up. It, it does, so to have her that angry about something, you had to really screw up. Yeah. I don't think I'd want to get her fired up at me. No. She kind of scares me a little. No, no, absolutely not. Well, Terry's kind of silent and deadly. I think he'd take you out, too. You just wouldn't know he was coming. Terry's a badass. Oh, man. (laughs) Did you watch him at the Star Range? Yeah. Yeah. Holy hell, Terry can handle himself. Well, and I went out. They were, you know, we we got there on Wednesday. And Thursday, uh, Eve and Terry were were running a a training event. And we got to, I think you went and spoke at it. And before they tore it all down... Terry went and took me through basically like a donga stage. Um, nice. For those that don't know what that is, is it's, it's, it's a walking path, and there's hidden targets. As, so as you come around these corners and up this trail and everything, you've got you to gotta seek out, find these targets, and engage them. Um, and I got a chance to walk this, and, of course, the light had changed from when they'd set it up, so stuff that wasn't hidden before was now. Um, I got to do some tracking and and rather than set it up the way that they had it was 
you know, one full rifle magazine, one full pistol magazine. I did like three partials, so I got to do reloads in the middle of it and nice. kind of kind of change it up a little bit. And I got to I got to do some tracking because there wasn't really a defined path, but you could see where everybody had been walking through the weeds and things like that. So I kind of knew where I was going. Um, but a lot of those targets, because the sun had shifted, and I did it in the afternoon, whereas everybody else had done it in the morning, a lot of those targets were hidden in the shadow now. That'd be a fun course. It, it was fun. Um, and actually, I didn't load enough rifle rounds, so uh, I ended up finishing it doing 30 to 50-yard pistol shots. All right. Had <laughs> a boy. So got to have a lot of fun there, and, and those two are always a blast to hang around. Exceptional writers, exceptional people. Um, they will be invited back for as many as they can attend. Don't forget Radar. I loved Radar. She dog brought her is dog. So cool. Such a mellow little dog. Yeah. So, uh, who all else did we have there for media? I know we had uh, Cheaper Than Dirt was there. Yep, David Dolby, good uh, guy. Gordon. Uh, Gordon was uh, he was an was it uh, air gun air gun yeah. hobbyist air gun or hobbyist something? yeah he writes for an air gun magazine we had um, Air Force Raw and Pyramid Air there so that made sense right right and we had of course we had Michael Bain uh, Rob Pincus were was he was kind of wearing a lot of hats he was he was there representing Avidity Arms and also uh, he was kind of wrangling the media. He was also yeah. doing PDN Network. So, yep. PDN Network was there with Rob, and he, he did help me wrangle media. We talked about that last year, and it's one of those things that you got to be careful how you talk to writers because you don't want to make them feel like they're being you know, pushed around. And there's a delicate nature and some politics on how to get them to do what they're there to do rather than just come and have a good time and drink. And Rob is not delicate. He's not, but he has a he has an interesting tact about getting them to understand that this is the task at hand. In a weird, sarcastic, snarky way, he's a good communicator. Now, in written word and or telephone, he sucks. But <laughs> just text him before you call. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Did earn him the title in my phone, though I had to rename him Rob the Big Deal Pincus. And when he hit the Buffalo with a nine mil pistol, he earned that title. Yeah, I kind of did. Um, but yeah, we had them. We had uh, Accurate Mag was there. Air well, Force a sponsor. We had um, we had a guy in from a distributor. We had a representative from Xander's there. Yes, and I put him in the media category because I wanted him to experience hands on with all the brands, right? Um, I didn't tell the other brands that we had a guy there that could potentially pick up their pro their products and move them into a distribution network until the second day. Mm -hmm. And their attitudes changed instantly. <laughs> so it was a good sleeper to have on, on hand. Good, good. I'm glad that worked out. And he was a good guy. I, I had fun with, with Drew. Um, the his name cracks me up. He he was he was way better than I thought he was. We were like a uh, representative from Xander's. He's gonna be an Argyle sock suit wearing dude. No, he really he, wasn't. He, he, wore, he wore comic book shirts the whole time. Every day and, he had a new one. And on the last day, I, I I watched this exchange take place where Rob walked out with his Star Trek shirt and walked up to him and went, "I out nerd you." <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> And Drew went and changed his shirt. He did. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Culture. Yeah. Uh, just having that mix of people in the room is, is really beneficial. And then with the, the sponsors that were there, um, I mean, just going to go around the room. We had Bilson Arms. They have revolutionized the idea of the AR, in my opinion, mm -hmm. and done it well. It's not a cheap, chintzy product. It's really well done. Um, you had written one, mm -hmm. and when you're considering easy access to medical, he's your guy. Oh, we, He's we, smart about it. We mounted one of his tourniquet brackets in the trailer. Right. Now, we had next to him um, Modern Spartan. Now, I don't know enough about chemicals to understand half of what he was talking about, but I will tell you that the, the lens cleaner, it's good stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was actually impressed. Yeah. Well, you both got an entire kit as a gift, so you should try some I of that. I will be playing. See what happens. I, you know what? I actually got, I, I, 
I sat down and I talked with him after the fact. And, and I said, you know, okay, give me, can I find the instructions? And he sent me a link to the instructions to how to clean and tune my gun because he, the, the claim is, is that, you know, you, you put this stuff in your barrel and you shoot five rounds and you put some more stuff in it and it actually molecularly bonds to the metal and gives you a cleaner, more accurate barrel. I'm going to try it. I can see where if it does actually provide a barrier that carbon won't stick to it as easy. Over the long haul, it can be beneficial. I'm going to try it as well. Um, Moving on to the next guy, though, and yet APF. Oh, yeah. And they brought a 22-250 AR. Well, the one I was impressed with. Yeah. I've been wanting that cartridge in a semi-automatic gun for years. They've done it. Now, that's no easy feat. Special magazines, special gas handling. They've done a good job with that one. Can we talk them out of the brakes that make the guns louder? I'm working on it. Because that, that's my only goal. I don't know. They were pretty proud of those. They, they were <laughs> proud of them. Now, they, they're out of Minnesota, and I don't know if suppressors are quite the thing over there, but <laughs> they need to learn. <laughs> they, it's yes, like, hello, neighbor. I am here. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure they could hear us in Trinidad. Uh, yeah. Um, then there was Lucid Optics. Mm-hmm. We introduced a couple things that are brand new. Yes. We have the E7, which is the world's first blue reflex sight. Um, we're reinforcing the new P8, mm-hmm. and um, we have a new MLX in the mix that we'll be pushing towards the beginning of next year. That I'm excited for. Um, it, it turned out really well. I'm happy there, with it. There, there, there were several of us talking about how do we get this, how do we get you to get this to market faster? Well, And then a case or so fall off the truck. Just takes money, boys. (laughs) To be fair, Rob Pink has had a lot of nice things to say about it. He typically doesn't have nice things to say. He he likes to say two things in the same statement. Rob's pretty talented at giving you a compliment and then telling you where you need to go to work all at the same time. Mm -hmm. He's very talented at it. I think that's getting better now that he's actually manufacturing. It tempers him <laughs> a little bit because, yeah, he was next on the list. As you go around the room, we had Avidity Arms. Mm-hmm. And this pistol that's been in the works for, what, a decade? At least. Yeah. Uh, but I've had a chance to run that pistol a little bit and take some of the courses that it was designed for from an education standpoint. Note that he didn't take the course with the gun. I didn't, but I've shot the gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's a note because later on it will be brought up in the podcast that we pre-recorded. Yeah, I'm sure I'm, that's really talked about. <laughs> God damn it. But that gun solves a lot of problems that other guns just overlook. Yeah. Everything on that gun, and I have to that I have to say that's how I approach my product development. Everything there has a reason, and I'm impressed because... There's a lot of pistols that exist just because they're pretty. Well, and he's, and he's absolutely right that everything designed into that gun, it, it not only is it purpose-built, but everything's a compromise uh, in, in order to make a gun that fits the widest selection of hands. That's tough. Um, That's really tough. It is tough. Uh, but I really do think they've done it. And the fact that he set a world record on the White Buffalo with that gun um, for, for all of the hype and the disappointment that is, it has brought because it was, we're going to have it out next year, four years ago. Um, you know, to finally see it come to market, the success that I've had it, and then to, to watch that happen, um, I think it kind of comes full circle, and, and it really confirms that what he did was right. I agree. I agree with you completely. If you go around the room, we run into Accurate Mag, and... They've been building chassis and magazines for a very, very long time. And they have built a competition rifle based out of their chassis. And that thing was nice. Yes. It it was mid-level price point when you look at these type of rifles, um, you know, $25,000 to $3,000. Well, it's modular. It is modular. You can change it for whatever thing you're going to go and do. Mm Mm-hmm. they thought a lot of thought into how that chassis system went together. Now, they, they, they had another one, too, where you could switch barrels and switch calibers. And we watched, we watched Rob do this on the range where he, he shot a target at 600 yards with a 308. Then he, they switched barrels, and he shot it again with, what, what was it, 300, 300 Norma? Norma. And um, to say switched barrels, he didn't disassemble the gun in any way. This was not no, it, an... 
difficult thing. No, it, it and, and they timed it, and it was under a minute. 48 seconds. Yeah. And it, the Rob's not dexterous or mechanically inclined. No. No, I've seen him with a Dremel. It's scary. Yeah. I thought you were going to have to get the tourniquet out last time he was here. <laughs> but they put a lot of thought, and there's a quality product that they're putting out there. And they just need a little bit of awareness. People need to know that they're doing it. Yeah, because that, that's impressive. I mean, I've, I've seen systems like that before, but you, you've you got all these little parts, and, and you're looking at probably a 30 to 40-minute ordeal. Now, are those available change. now, or is yes. that a SHOT Show release? If they're available now, I suggest people go look at it, because when it does get popular, they'll get behind in production. Get no, in line. Be no, the it first. Is, it, it, is, it is available now. Um, it, was, it was one that they originally designed for, uh, I believe it was the Naval Special Warfare Sniper Rifle Challenge. Correct. Um, and they were not chosen for whatever reason, but, uh, they've got a system that's pretty damn impressive. You can have one chassis that'll support three or four different calibers. The headspace adjustment was just brilliant. Yeah. They hang their hat on a, a three lug or four lug system, depending on whether you're shooting a Magnum cartridge or a regular rifle cartridge. And that was the magic behind getting it set up because you put the bolt in, you close the bolt on the new barrel, and then you tightened it up, and it was ready. Yep. Yeah. Kind of and, impressive. And all they had to do was was make a small adjustment in their scope, and you're getting center round hits at 600 yards. Correct. Well, and I, I plugged in that if you want this thing, go get it now, you know, before it becomes super popular right. and it gets hard. You should probably check out the Bilson Arm Pump Action AR as well. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. I don't know. Are those production? They are ready. Then they are ready. Same thing. Once those get popular, they're going to be hard to get. They Do are. it now. And, and that was pretty impressive. They they went after this to solve one problem and and ended up, you know, giving an option that solves a lot. There's an entire curriculum to be built around this, and it's more efficient. They proves that it's faster. Mm-hmm. Um, you can flat out have a malfunction and get it cleared way faster than a standard AR platform. Well, not only faster, but easier. Agreed. Way agree. So who was sitting? Oh, TNVC yeah, was yes. sitting next to TNVC, Acura Now, I geeked out with the night vision. I got to say I did because the resolution and the clarity that you would normally just not have was there. This is the nice stuff. This is not the novelty class entry-level stuff. No, this was the heavy pocketbook stuff. And I say it that because I looked through their, their wide field of view version that had the thermal overlay. The panos. And yeah. with a right helmet and the extra battery packs and the whole thing to make it work and be worthwhile having. And kind of fell in love with being able to completely walk off into the darkness and see just fine and not have tunnel vision until I came back and asked him, okay, what's this system cost? Your truck. It's a $70,000 kit. You mm-hmm. should have seen night two when they were doing their display for everyone to go see. Brian had to go in and get something. Takes his helmet off, sets it in Whitney's lap, and she's like, oh, my God, what's this cost? He tells her. She does not move <laughs> the entire time he's absent. She held on to it like it was a brand new baby. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. And it, 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 look, I mean, this is what this stuff costs, but it's it'll last you a lifetime. Well, and, and they stand behind it. Ten-year warranty. They do stand behind it. You look at the quality of the image, though, and you see real quick there's a reason our military owns the night mm-hmm. and why it's a restricted item. You can't ship it outside the U.S. And you have to go through a background check for some of it. Right. Um, it, you, you, <laughs> it's not night anymore. No. no, no, it's it, not. It was it was pretty hardcore. The ones I looked through, we were doing the stargazing. That was amazing. Well, and the, and they out, they have attachments that go in front of the night vision that actually integrate thermal into it as That's well. That's the one I wore. So yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's some pretty incredible stuff. And the white phosphorus now, you don't get the headache from the green. Well, I stepped off into the weeds past the the light at the pods, and with that thermal overlay. Yeah, you look up and the stars are gorgeous. But if you look down into the weeds, you see the the mice running. You see where a coyote has run recently. I mean, you can't hide from it. No. Not even a little bit. No. it's. It, I mean, it's. 
on the one hand, it is is absolutely amazing if you're the one looking through it. It is absolutely terrifying if you're being hunted by it. Correct. Because you can't hide from it. Now, next to TNVC, um, we had our bar sponsor. We had 10th Mountain Whiskey. We did. They were they were pretty amazing. I was kind of concerned when not the main guy. What, what Ryan, was, Ryan. That was Ryan. So, see, I have a Ryan problem. <laughs> and uh, he was he was a good guy. But the two that took over for him, they were hilarious. Oh, absolutely phenomenal. They're fun. And, and they're great bartenders. They know their product. Well, and both of them are vets. Well, that's what 10th Mountain mm-hmm. does. They yeah. make sure that they hire the right guys. They do. To stick with their image. And from a brand perspective, it's brilliant. And and Devin was 10th Mountain. Was he really? He was. Okay. All right. Yep. Didn't he get was, to speak to I liked much. him. He, he was a good dude. Good dude. I mean, good dudes all around. Everybody yep. everybody that we've met and dealt with from 10th Mountain they has been phenomenal. They also do a ton of charity work. They do. There was a guy there. Now, this might be Devin. Um, that wasn't out yet. He was still yeah. active. That's Devin. He okay. actually all filled right. out. He was late by a day because he finalized paperwork. Okay. So he's on the so, way out. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. He's He's just finishing up his paperwork. I think he said he was in for 11 years. Okay. All right. So now I tried every one that they had out, um, and I went down the line. I made sure that night when we were doing a tasting that I tried something from each of the bottles. Um, their brandy is good. Yes. And I'm not a brandy fan. Um, they're single malt. Oh, incredible. You are too a brandy fan. Well, you're different. By God, you are different. I'm spicier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that'd be a way to put it. Um, but the single malt was stunning, mm-hmm. and it's not a real old product. No, and most of their stuff is somewhere between two and five years, which is changing my mindset on how I perceive quality because I usually look for a little bit older product. Now they have explained to us, and and I think they, you know, we we had them on the podcast. We had Ryan and and Brian Duar. And and when they were talking about this, about the altitude that where they're at and the particular barleys and wheats and things that they use and the corns that they use because of where they source them and the altitude and the water, uh, that combination of things tends to, their their product tends to age faster. Yeah. It, well, it tasted twice as old as it should. Oh, agreed. Um, their, their bourbon's great. Mm-hmm. It's a staple at the bar here. Mm-hmm. Um, but their vodka. Oh, I was impressed. Holy hell. Did anyone try the moonshine? Yes. Yes. Is that rough? No. No. No, I mean, you know you're drinking something that's hot, but it's not it's not got the burn that you would expect out of straight moonshine. Well, and 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 they were they were kind enough so uh Wyotac and and Deer Shooter uh went in and bought a half barrel and we went down about a month ago, did the tasting, got everything squared away, figured out the mix that we wanted, and they 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 brought up the the very first case uh, to Summit, and we and got to sample that. I will tell you, I'm impressed with that. It's completely different than anything that I've had, um, but it's a bourbon, and it's a it's one of those you remember. Yeah, well, it's a it's a it's a rye. Yeah, it's um, fantastic. But it's uh, you know it's got that it's got that initial bite and then immediately mellows out. Mm-hmm. And um, their sleeper was their cordial. Yes. Now this is a dessert drink. It's very sweet, but it wasn't syrupy like a lot of the dessert drinks I've had in the past. Right. Which led it to be mixed with things and it changed. It was a chameleon, mm-hmm. um, much like their moonshine was when it was mixed in a drink with so other think, flavors so stunning so brandy a little dry ice and a flower on top no flowers <laughs> <laughs> i just i was impressed flat out um both with the people and of the product um it's a it's a mid price point product mm-hmm. um not horribly prohibitive which is interesting for something out of veil right um I, I think they're doing a really good job of keeping it down to earth and accessible uh, and, I, and I think that's just their culture, and that's who that's who they are. Um, you know, I good good folks all around, and, and I and I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of Tenth Mountain. So, not a vendor or sponsor, but we did have the FNRA Colorado rep came in 
barbecued for us the he first night. Dinner for us, and you know I got to say that those ribs were good. He did a good job. Uh, mine were cold by the time I got them. Well, that's your <laughs> fault. That's not the cook's <laughs> fault. <laughs> but they were good. They were even good cold. I had to tell you twice to put down the toys and go get dinner. I was. I was. I was. I know he's a child. It's it's a thing. It's like Christmas. You put him in a room full of people who make guns. I just, you know, and I was working the room. Pyramid Air. You were working your pocketbook. Shut up. <laughs> he may have been. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Pyramid Air. They showed up and brought all the support accoutrement for Raw Rapid Airworks, which is a subsidiary of Air Force. And I was fascinated by the little compressor. Mm-hmm. That does 4,500 PSI. Yeah. And the air tanks that you can top off an air gun 40 and 50 times before you got to charge the tank. Yeah. This is high-pressure stuff. It's not your construction air compressor that does 120 PSI. No. no. High, high-pressure stuff. High so pressure stuff. So as we, you guys loaded it into the trailer to come home, Tun actually asked where that shit was so he could go release pressure because we were changing elevation. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, It would have taken the trailer out if it had gone. Um, so it was really smart to do that and let him do that. Would have been a lot lighter driving at home. And raw, they introduced a beautiful little, what they call a micro. Um, yes. It is a carbine version of their precision gun. Um, specialty tank, specialty barrel. Uh, everything else is standard raw. And that little thing, 22 caliber, and I was making hits on steel at 400 yards offhand. Mm-hmm. I'm not an offhand shooter. I know. It's kind of impressive to watch. <laughs> um, kind of like a monkey fucking a football. But yeah. I could connect with it. Oh, yeah. It, it, so was, it was stupid easy. From a training perspective, it builds good mechanics. And the confidence that to go ahead and to keep trying to do these things. Well, offhand is difficult for you, you know. Have you I seen know. your hands? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now, I'm not even going to dignify that with a comment. <laughs> now, I, and I will say I, I've, I've kind of been resistant to the air guns because I am so tied into the centerfire world. But from a training perspective, from a I want to be a better shooter, uh, I think air guns is the way to go. Not only is it less expensive, uh, you know, you're 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 talking a, a tin of what three hundred and fifty projectiles for twenty five bucks, six bucks. You have okay. to be more precise. You, you do. You your mechanics have to be there, or and you're not going to do. You what have you need to, to do. call some serious wind. You do, and 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 playing in the challenge and 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 shooting. I mean, I I was taking two, three, four hundred yard shots with some of these air guns, and it was like if you. Sh- screwed up anything you didn't hit um so i can i can definitely see where they talk about a lot of these prs shooters going and training with the air guns and going back to center fire and center fire being easier i can see where that's definitely a thing it also opens up uh you know class opportunities you know one of the things that wyotech has done is we you know we we kind of built our business on providing the gear and the training and everything else we can do this with air guns and we can do it with a lot less hassle number 1 we can also do long range type courses on 3 4 500 yard ranges instead of the 1500 yard ranges that we use now well a 400 yard shot with a 22 caliber pellet is a 1000 yard shot with a center fire rifle exactly um and it's again 350 pellets for six bucks. Right. That's so I can, cheap I can go. I can go train for that. But so it is front-loaded because you do require the tanks. There is some gear involved, yeah. But once you have a tank, you have the tank. Right. Right? So it's a initial investment that pays off dividends in the long run. Um, I'm looking at 6.5 PRC, one of my chosen cartridges recently, and it's $8 a round. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I know. how he knows. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Because my baby spits those. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and it, it, you know, we, we, you and I went and shot that match. And, okay, your, your entry fee, it cost me $250 to get you into that match. You, you shot $1,000 worth of ammo. So you went and burnt 1200 bucks, And that's the cost of a tank and a compressor? Right. See, that doesn't bother me because that's his pocketbook, not mine. 
<laughs> Valid. <laughs> Hence wow. why I had Ouch. to go work my pocketbook. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I just say once you get past the initial pain of the investment of getting up all the gear, it's very cheap to shoot. It is. And, and it's fun. I, I I have played around with all of the air guns. The the stuff from Walmart, the entry level stuff, that's PCP. Um the stuff that Air Force and Rapid Airworks are putting together is pretty stunning. Uh, and for the most part, they're all really quiet, except for that Texan was not as quiet as one would think for an air gun. That's a lot of air to dump. But, but he didn't have it moderated either. The, no. Well, the rest of them were moderated. really quiet. Yeah. And you can. In, in, okay. The suppressor for an air gun is called a moderator. Correct. And does not require the paperwork. It's not regulated at all because mm-hmm. it goes for an air gun, not a firearm. Right. So all of these things put together, and 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 you don't require a background check. You don't have to do a forty four seventy three. In to get most one of these states, guns. there are. I think it's Illinois and New York that requires. Background. We don't. We don't count those. Those. Those are lost states. <laughs> <laughs> they are states. They should be counted as being wrong, but they should yeah. be counted. Yeah. Um, but you would take a moderator and apply it to a centerfire environment now you've done a felony so right. don't do that yeah, don't do that well and you're not sure the moderator could handle a center fire anyway it's it's not built the same no. it's not built for no. the pressures no no but so the other thing that you know while we were away and i guess it wasn't while we were away that we, we you and i got the email today um wyndham weaponry oh, is boy. uh closing their doors i like those guys i do too um, when they restarted Wyndham Weaponry back in the day, now this is 10, 12 years ago, um, they went back to the folks that had Bushmaster in the same town mm-hmm. and got them all back to work. They took a town that was in a recession dying and put a couple hundred people back to work. These were good people building an honest product, and this economy and crazy set of market circumstances has run a good one out Mm -hmm. and that announcement hit me in the gut today because i hate to see them go well and they're they're not the only ones what was it about six months ago right on well yeah and i mean we're 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 seeing some some pretty big players there's some folks that are just not able to weather the storm and to the point Go out and support your gun community as much as you possibly can because this continues too much longer and we're not going to have anything that's really trying to be innovative, new, and niche. Um, you're going to have the, the big guys and that's it. Well, and, the, and they're going to be in survival mode. They already are. So, so let me ask you this, um, and let me, let me get in the weeds and all conspiratorial for a second, but do you think this is by design? If you're playing the long game, I can see where it was a win for the other side. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. And and that's what scares me. They can't they can't beat us politically. They can't beat us legally. So they're going to beat us economically. They are well funded, and if you think they're dumb, you're wrong. No, they're not dumb. They're liars. Oh, that's part of the game. Deception. Mm-hmm. I agree with you completely. Um, they, they can they can beat us that way if we let them. You know, and, and it, I. It it sucks because we always talk about you know we want to get along we you know we want everybody to to be able to get along and 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 I think all of us here agree that I don't care what your politics are I don't care what you believe your gender is I don't care you do you but leave me out of it but as a two way advocate I am a advocate for their right too it, that's exactly right. But the problem is you've got people that want to deny you that to a right. And someone that wants to de- deny me what has is written into our Constitution as a God-given right, that's my enemy. There's a reason they wanted to deny it. They want to control. Because mm-hmm. that one protects the first, the fourth, the sixth, directly. And it protects them all if you get right down to it. It absolutely does, and I don't. I think what they don't understand is that it protects them as well. Correct. Um, I think a lot of these people are misguided. Um, uh, Russian, um, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, called them uh, useful idiots, and it's because oh yes, they're not they're not smart enough to understand that there's not going to be a seat at the table for them. And you're talking about the guy that defected in the 60s. Yes. And in his interview, he outlined 
everything we see happening today and how to destroy America. Yeah, what was it? Brezhnev, I think. Brezhnev. Um, you know, it, it, it's scary, the, the fact that in, in U.S. politics we are seeing uh, communist playbook. It was set in motion years ago. Again, they're playing the long game. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that's where we are. Um, we're we're seeing a lot of kind of household names in the gun industry going away, and it's it's a scary thing. Uh, I invite anybody in the gun industry if you're looking to get out of a restrictive state, come to Wyoming. We welcome you with open arms. We've proved it. There's a lot of folks moving here this way. There is. Um, I'm I'm still waiting for Caltech to get up and running. I feel bad for those folks coming here from Florida to Rock Springs. I do believe they're up and running. Are they? Mm-hmm. I guess it's time for a road trip and go visit their facility. Winter hasn't hit yet. They don't realize they live <laughs> in the armpit. <laughs> you know what? And and we had a guy, and I and I and I wish I could remember who it was that said it uh, at Summit. You know, talking about how uh, they're seeing Wyoming population grow because all of these people are wanting to move here for the low taxes, the lack of an income tax, state income tax, uh, the just the freedoms that we enjoy. And this is why we live here. And I, I kind of giggled a little bit and I said, yeah, they're all moving here now. Wait till February and they're all going to be leaving. I do believe that was Mr. Husky. And I reminded him that Wyoming is full. Stay out. <laughs> Good man. So, uh, you know, we, we, we've kind of gone a little bit long here, but uh, it was Summit, worth it. Summit was an absolute success. Um, I look forward to, I, I'm, I'm going to have to spend the next couple of weeks combing through all of the heaps of bullshit that we produced at Summit for Deer Shooter. There's uh, some gems in there. Oh, though. there's some there's some good ones. And, and look forward to a new intro because there is some comedy gold coming out. Um but it was good. It was a success. Uh, and in the in the coming weeks, you can look forward to hearing portions of those conversations and we'll, you know, we'll go a little bit more in depth with them. Uh, but hearing from the people that that actually represent these products and that build these products. And and I think we've got a lot of inf- good information coming up for you. Uh, hopefully the world doesn't get any crazier in in the next few months, because I would like to have some time off to go and hunt. Uh, I'll go hunt. The wood will be back crazy when you get back. Oh, it always is. Uh, we gotta we gotta quit leaving the teenagers at home to run the country. Um, so, uh, you know, today's nine eleven. We can't forget that. Uh, the world changed that day for a lot of us. Now I know we probably have listeners at this point that weren't even alive for that, and and don't understand why this day hits so hard for some of us. But um, yeah. I hope that you guys will take a moment to remember that at the end of the day, we're all Americans. And, uh, you know, I think Benjamin Franklin said it best that if we don't hang together, we'll all assuredly hang separately. And until then, uh, keep your head up, keep your powder dry, and keep blaming your gun. <laughs>